gonna show you. I'm gonna show you how to operate in the spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does your sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome. Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be happier. Hello, welcome to Happy Life Studios. I'd like to tell you about my night last night, but before I do, I want to tell you about a story that I read years ago. So I'm probably going to butcher some of the facts, but I'm going to get the gist of the story uh, correct, which which really is what um, what's important is what the story is about. Before I go any further into my into the rest of this podcast, um, there was a minister, and he ran into one of his congregants, someone who went to his church, and they were talking, and when they were getting ready to go, all of a sudden uh, she asked, she says, "Well, could could you do me a favor?" She said to uh, this this friend of hers who was a minister and he said sure what is it and she said my grandfather is is uh passing away and uh, he's in bad shape and i am wondering if you could go visit him um and he said sure i'd be delighted to so he went to go visit him a couple days later and when he got there the man was in bed and there was a chair right beside his bed and he said the minister said oh you must have been waiting for me did your granddaughter tell you about me and he looked at him befuddled like why would I be waiting for you? He says, oh, I thought you, she told you because I noticed you had a chair by your bed, like you're waiting for someone to come visit you. And uh, the grandfather, the, the older man who was on his deathbed at that moment, looked a little bit embarrassed. And he said, oh, the chair. The pastor said, what, so you weren't waiting for me? He says, no, that that's something I learned a while back. And as the minister began to ask him about that chair, he, he, he told him, he says, you know, I was having a hard time um, speaking with God, talking with God, hearing God. And I came across an old country preacher, and I, I told him about my predicament, and he suggested that I grab a chair and I put it beside my bed. Whenever I want to talk to God, I picture that God is sitting right there across the bed from me in that chair, and I just talked to him as though he was right there sitting there. And I said, I've been doing that ever since. Well, the minister was very moved by that. And a couple weeks later, a couple days later, whatever it was, he, he ran across the, the granddaughter again. And uh, the minister said, they began to talk a little bit. And uh, he said, man, I, how, how, is, how is your grandfather doing? And, and she says, oh, he passed away. And he says, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. She says, well, well, don't be. He, he went in, in his sleep. He went very peacefully. It was just, it was a beautiful thing the way that he went. It was just peaceful. And the minister said, well, I'm, I'm not surprised. He's quite the, quite the man. As they were getting ready to leave again, uh, as, as he turned to, to leave, all of a sudden she says, oh, by the way, can I ask you one more question? He said, sure. She said, did he say anything about that chair by his bed? <laughs> and the minister, you know, I'm sure he smiled. He says, well, well, yeah, he did. Why? She says, it was the weirdest thing. Like I said, when he passed, he passed in his sleep. He was completely at peace when he went. He just, like he went to sleep and woke up in heaven. I mean, could you imagine that? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? Uh, that's how I want to go if, um, when it's my time. But she said, well, he died in his, in his sleep. He died very peacefully. But when they found him in the room, his head was on that chair.
I mean, isn't isn't that kind of cool? That's probably not a story you hear very much because when we hear about prayer, we always hear things like like if on my phone. If I if I type in a word on my phone, oftentimes it'll it'll show a little block will show up around a certain word when I'm texting it, and if I click on that block, it'll give me a picture that'll go with that. So I can hit that block and all of a sudden it'll give me a picture instead of the actual word when I'm texting somebody. It's kind of a little artsy little thing there. And but if you type in the word prayer or pray, you know what you get? Of course you know what you get. You get folded hands. And uh, this might not be something that you hear an awful lot in church. I grew up in church and I never really heard it myself. But, but you know, when you pray, they always say, let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's fold our hands. Or we talk about prayer, we talk about getting on our knees before God. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Maybe it shouldn't be, but it bothers me because when people have to go through all these hoops to to, to pray, they're just not going to do it. We, we've turned prayer into this big formal thing because God is so powerful. Well, yeah, he's powerful, but he's also personal. In John fifteen fifteen, he he speaks to his disciples there, and Jesus says, "I no longer call you servants; I call you friends, and I let you in on what the Father has showed me." He wants to let us in on stuff. He he wants to consider us as friends. He doesn't ever. I can't I can't find in the Bible. I don't know why we do all this stuff because I can't find in the Bible where he says, "Now, when you're going to talk to me, I want you to get on your knees. I want you to fold your hands beside your bed, and I want you to pray a formal prayer to me." I, I, I can't find that anywhere. Now, there might be instances in the Bible where where that is mentioned, but you, don't you think if it was that important that God would, would somewhere in the Bible say, now, when you pray, fold your hands, bow your heads, close your eyes. Why do I have to close my eyes when I pray? And that's that's foolish to a lot of friends. I've got some ministers that always, they still tease me to this day because, oh, I better, better open our eyes. But why do... When I talk to my wife, my kids, my friends, when I talk to the clerk, when I talk to the, the guy behind the, the fast food counter or the the Seven Eleven, do I close my eyes when I speak to them? Do I bow my heads? Or we say it's a sign of reverence. I don't know, man. I, I've been called sacrilegious and all sorts of things because I have thoughts like this, but, but I think it's more sacrilegious to keep God a million miles away from you. I think it's sacrilegious to to keep him so formal that you can't ever really get truly real with him. Prayer is is simply talking with somebody, not at them, but with them. And no one ever taught me this stuff. Well, I told you I want to ta- tell you about my night last night. So that story sets it all up. I I I was angry, and I was angry at God. And people say, oh, no, like God doesn't know what you're feeling inside. You might as well admit it because he already knows anyway. Admitting it is really more for me than it is for God. In fact, did you know what the Bible says to be angry? The Bible tells us it's a command. It says, be ye angry, but don't let the sun set on your wrath. Another time, uh, the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin when you're angry. God is telling us to be angry because when we hold it in and we try to tell people that we're not angry, one day we just explode on somebody, usually somebody that's close to us and somebody that really is important to us, and we just end up exploding on them because we weren't, quote-unquote, we weren't angry before, but all of a sudden it just comes out. And so uh, I was angry, so I went for a walk, and I do that a lot with God. When I when I talk with God, oftentimes I love to go on a walk. In fact, they call it a walk with God. In fact, on my dad's tombstone is his name, Norman E. Hayes, and on there it says, Walked with God. Because that's what I remembered about my dad. He was always walking with God. When my dad was concerned, when my dad was down, when he was discouraged, when he was angry, he would go on a walk. And after a while, I began to figure out what he was doing. He was going on a walk with God. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to walk with God. 
And I've always called a walk with God, but I got had it, someone uh, re- reply to one of my Facebook posts the other day, and it says it said something about you know we shouldn't call it a walk with God; we really should call it an obstacle course, <laughs> because there's all these things that are in the way. And I thought that is such a great illustration. Our walk with God and op- is usually an obstacle course. There's things in the way that we've got to go around, and sometimes we always want it to be a straight shot. And when it's a straight and an obstacle course, man, you run like crazy, but then you hit the obstacles and the cones. You got to go around them you got to go over them you got to go under them and we always want things to be straight and smooth but in real life there's there's obstacles there that we've got to work our way around and anger is one of those obstacles when when things happen that we don't get we we tend to get angry and i and and there's a lot of there's a lot of tough stuff going on in my life right now i have to tell you i've been speaking about teaching about happy life for years now i've only had a podcast up for a little over half a year but i've been talking about happy life for years and I, I do a lot of churches and schools and things like that. And I can't tell you how many times Monday came around after I spoke about happy life on Sunday. And I'd ask God, what do you want me to talk about today? And I feel like he'd tell me again or talk about next week. What do you want me to talk about next Sunday? Or And he, he keep coming back to happy life. And I said, do I have to keep talking about happy life? And, I, and, and he kept telling me to. So I kept talking about it over and over again. I can't tell you how many Mondays I wanted to wake up and call the pastor back up and say, Pastor, could you do me a favor? Could you tell everyone in your church that I have no idea what in the world... <laughs> I'm talking about. Can you recall my message? Take it off your webpage because I am struggling so much with being happy today. And I just talked about it yesterday. I felt like such a hypocrite. I thought, God, why would you have me speak about happy life when that's what I struggle with? And I felt like he was just smirking at me, smiling at me like, and I got it. He's that's why I have you talking about it because you're struggling with it and I'm going to help you with it. Happy life isn't not ever having problems. It's learning how to, to acquire and hold on to joy in the midst of problems. And so I was, I've been going through a very difficult time. Uh, my wife and I both have been going through a difficult time, uh, not with each other, but with life and what, what we've been going through lately. And it's been very tough and I don't need to get into all the details of that, but it's just been wearing us out. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm confused. And so I just said, I'm going for for a walk. I'm going for an obstacle course. And that's what I did. I went on this walk. I come around to this, this new neighborhood by us. And as I turn in, all of a sudden I see this guy walking his dog and he's on one side of the neighborhood. It's kind of like a big loop. And so I decided I wasn't going to go that way until I saw the man with a dog. And I thought, well, I don't want to cause any issues. Sometimes dogs don't like strangers. So I just went the other way which I probably shouldn't have because we ended up meeting at the other end of the neighborhood. But now when we, he came across up to this path that I was getting ready to get on in the neighborhood. And now the dog was, was, I mean, feet away from me. And the dog was not too happy with my existence. <laughs> Maybe he didn't mind my existence, but he didn't like me being right there where he was at. And all of a sudden he started to bark. He started to growl. And I was waiting for the, cause that's happened before. And I was waiting for the, for the owner who was walking the dog to pull back on the leash and say, no, don't do that. What are you, what are you doing? But he didn't. He just kind of tugged a little bit tightly. And all of a sudden the dog, I mean, if, if he had any bit of lag in that leash at all, um, my leg would have been hamburger cause, cause that dog was not happy with me being there, but he just kind of just pulled on the leash and all of a sudden the dog went and followed him. And as I was going down the, the path there, all of a sudden I got this thought in my head and it was that God was like that guy and my problems were like that dog. And my problems have been getting very close to me. They've been barking like crazy. And that scares you when a dog barks like that. And they've been right there, right you know, just a foot away from me, ready to, to tear, tear me to pieces. And yet God will not allow that to happen. I felt like God said, Steve, I've got your problems on a leash and I'm only going to let them get that close to you. 
I thought, really, God, is that you? I mean, people say, could that really be God speaking? I find that God speaks to us in our thoughts, in our thinking process. He speaks to us in the circumstantial evidence around us. But we try to make this big thing. When we hear people say that God spoke to them, I think we think that some angel showed up and was glowing. And all of a sudden he spoke in a deep voice and said, I would say unto thee and speaks in old English. And But to be honest with you, when God speaks to me, he speaks to me in thoughts and little nuances. How do I know that was God speaking to me? I guess I don't. I have to exercise faith in that. And some people would say that that's not God speaking to you, but I, that's how it works with me. And I, I've been reading the Bible most of my life. And if you read a book about somebody enough, you kind of know what they're about, how they work. And that thought in my head about God having my problems on a leash that he only lets them get, he's in control, he only lets them get so close and they only bark so, so long before he says, trooper, no. Um, that lines up with everything I've read about God. It lines up with everything that I've experienced with God. It lines up with what, I, what I've read in the Bible. It, it lines up with these things. So why wouldn't that be God? Sometimes I think God gets frustrated because we ask him to speak to us. And then when he does, through a thought or through a text or through a, through a, a phone call or through someone else speaking to us, all of a sudden we say, oh, that wasn't God. That was just me. And God's like, well, you asked, and then I gave it to you. And the fact that I was on a walk, wanted to talk with God and wanted him to talk back to me. And all of a sudden I got that. That's pretty cool. And I, and I, I got this feeling that I wanted to go to a movie all of a sudden. And I like to go to movies, but all of a sudden I just had this impulsive feeling and I'm an impulsive person. I think God uses my impulses. He made me that way. And oftentimes when God wants to speak to me. He, he puts some thoughts, some impulsive thoughts in my head. And I just felt like I wanted to go to a movie. And all of a sudden I was in this crazy mood to see this movie. I and mean, there's a scene in the movie where, where there's a dad and he's laying next to his son who had just passed. The, the father was pretty close to death himself and they had both gone through a pretty tragic situation and the father kept kept saying things to in his son even though his son was already passed and I'm going to be here with you. And all of a sudden when I saw the dad laying next to the son that was dead, I saw an image of God laying next to me and I'm feeling dead. But God telling me it's going to be okay I'm there with you. And God was beat up too. He he went to the cross for me. He was he was tortured for me, for my sins, so that I could have freedom, so that I could have a conversation with him two thousand years later. That's just a beautiful thing to me. And while I'm in the theater and I, I see that image, I felt like God was saying, I just need you to trust me. When I go on a walk with God, I'll often move over. Like tonight, I moved over on the sidewalk, and I just ask God to walk with me. When I get in the car, my brain just turns on when I get in the car and I drive. And I, when I drive, I just my I, I start hear things. I start to feel things. Things start to come alive to me. That's how God speaks to me. And if God speaks to you in Old English, to each their own, go for it. But if he doesn't or you haven't heard God's voice or you're not sure what he sounds like, why not try it? Why not ask him to speak to you? And if you don't know if it's God or not, it has to line up with who he is, with who his character is. God's not a liar. He's not schizophrenic. It has to line up with what the Bible that says who he is. And he, God doesn't lie. He, that's who he is. And so if you don't know if that's part of God's character, then find somebody who does know. And if you don't know anyone who, who knows God or talks about God, then find a church somewhere and call up a church or a pastor or somebody or, or leave me a comment and I'll do my best to get back to you and talk about that. But I give you permission to unfold your hands, to open your eyes, to stand, to walk, to ride. Who knows? God might even 
text you. God might even call you on the phone and he'll use somebody else to do it. But God still speaks to people today. We can't have a relationship with somebody if we don't have a conversation with them. No relationship. I can't remember where I've heard this, but it's so true. No relationship is better than its communication. So I give you permission to get outside the box, outside the walls of what God is supposed to sound like. It doesn't have to be formal. God made us because he wants to hang out with us, because he loves us, and he thinks the world of us. So I hope that helps you. Take that to heart. Have a conversation with God, and just listen, and see what thoughts come to your mind. And and, uh, he might speak to you like he did with me in a movie, or out for a walk, with a guy walking a dog. (laughs) That's how God speaks to me, and I give you permission to hear God, God's voice that way as well. Steve Ace.